Your life is an opportunity. We live deliberately, relentlessly pursuing our goals. We don't settle for mediocrity. We aspire to greatness. We are mindful of the process, but we demand results. We embrace our role as leaders, and we lead by example. There is no finish line. We are leveling up every day until the end. We will win together. Welcome to the Efficient Victory Podcast, the Landlording Life Edition. Today, my guest is Nathan Murith, who has a company called Undoor Properties, and they invest mostly in St. Louis, if I understand correctly, and we're going to get into some of that. He's also a tech executive by day and also the host of the Gentle Art of Crushing It podcast. So guy who's got his hands full, but we're going to hear a lot about what it takes to juggle all those balls and keep them up in the air. How are you doing today, Nathan? I'm good, Jeff. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. And uh, obviously, we focus on real estate on this podcast, but you have so much going on in so many worlds. And one of the messages I do like to tell to people is, you know, you don't have to go full time real estate to still have it materially change your financial life. Uh, you can have a full time job and pick up a couple properties over the course of your career. And those properties are going to take care of you pretty well in retirement. So how do you do it all, Nathan? Busy days, busy, long days um, and staying organized. But um, I think yeah, for, for me, and you, you, you know, hit the nail on the head there. I think it's just like that, uh, you know, picking up one, every, you know, one rental property a year or one rental property every other year or whatever it is will significantly change your life. Right. And that's, you know, kind of the mindset that that we have and where we started, where we came from. And um, it's been good to us so far. But um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, but to answer your question, it really is just organization. Got my hands full. Start at five o'clock in the morning and end at 10 essentially at night. You know what you want. You know, when you have a mission and you have a goal and you know the end result, it becomes easier to spend your days working on that because you're not wondering about what you're trying to accomplish. You know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. So you're inspired to put in the hours. I think that's great. And I think that's uh, a lot of guys and girls need to figure out is once you know exactly what you want, then the steps become easier. And I assume that your goals are similar to mine and similar to most people I talk to. It's the financial freedom at the end that real estate provides. Is that correct? Uh, yes and no, I guess. I mean, if we can get there, sure or i should say when we get there that'll be fantastic i think for for my wife and i it's more about really having the choice right that's what's most important to us having the choice to you know choose how we spend our time where we spend our time to have the choice to work or not to work um and we've never shied away from working my wife you know has a full-time job as well she works in the service industry so very hard you know, industry where she works nights and weekends and stuff like that. Um, I obviously have a full-time job during the day, but um, so we're not, we don't shy away from hard work and working, but building kind of this, you know, passive or rental income, building this generational wealth will ultimately give us the options, right? To choose, do we want to continue working or not? It'll give us, you know, uh, abilities and choice in retirement, right? Where we won't have to worry necessarily about, um, you know, income, social security, things like that. It'll give us the choice to choose when we want to retire. It'll give us the choice to pick whatever schools we want for our kids, because we will have these rental properties that'll be paid off by the time they're college age. 
So it's really more about the choice. And, and that's, that's my motivation, having the ability to choose versus, you know, financial freedom is the angle, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm right with you. Yeah. When I think of financial freedom, I do think about those options. Like I have no desire to join a country club and get a boat and chill out all day. Like mm. right now I've hit the financial freedom. So I choose to spend my time working on this podcast, for example, or uh, yeah. the time I spend in my men's group, the fraternity of excellence, real estate has yeah. given me that choice. So we're completely aligned there. And, and most real estate investors do. That's the why behind it. But um, how did you begin investing? Because uh, it was 2019, if I read correctly, that you started buying properties? Yeah, I think we got we sort of I guess 2019 is when we, we really started kicking it into high gear, I would say. Um, I think like our first kind of foray and first acquisition was uh, in 2017. Um, and I think where we, you know, where and how we got started, it was um, so both my wife and I, we grew up in Europe, both of our parents and our families have some form of real estate that they own. Um, and in Europe, it's mainly for uh, tax benefits because there's a wealth tax in Switzerland and France where we um, respectively grew up. Um, so, you know, my parents, for instance, they, you know, bought one, two properties just so they could minimize their, you know, wealth tax at the end of the year, essentially. So real estate has always been part of kind of our upbringing and our worlds or whatever. Um, so it's always something that was in, in the back of our minds. Then we, we, I think we got a bit more serious about real estate and real estate investing when we started looking at buying our first primary residence, because we ran the numbers, we looked at it as a rental first with the intent, uh, our plan was buy a house for ourselves, living it for however long, you know, we want or desire. And then when we move out, because kids bigger house, better schools, whatever the reasons to keep that first primary residence as a rental. So that's when that's the 2017 kind of mark, right? And that's when we really started, um, you know, building our teams, you know, I, I, maybe I should start with saying, you know, we started educating ourselves. So books, podcasts, YouTube, you name it, just so that we were a bit more familiar with what we were doing and knew a bit more about what we were trying to get into. And then look at that first primary residence in in um, as a potential rental. Um, so we got that, and then um, I think you know I mentioned kicking it into high gear. It was really when I heard, and I can never remember where I heard this or who said it. Probably a big name, you know, Brandon Turner, David Green, somebody on some other podcast saying um, this how they had bought a rental property for their child when the child was born put it on a 15 year mortgage and basically have a tenant pay that down over 15 years. And then after 15 years, by the time they're college age, you have this two, three, $400,000 asset that is basically paid off and generates whatever, you know, amount of money it generates, you know, two, three grand a month. I don't know what it is, depending on where you are and whatnot, but, um, and, and have that basically be the college fund for their kid. And when I heard that, it's like a light bulb went off and I was like, that's genius. How have I never thought of that before? And I know a lot of people do it now. Now that we're in the real estate space, I talked to a lot of people that that have done that or that are doing that. And I'm just like, that's awesome, right? Instead of me having to fund my 529, whatever that special, you know, college account is and my needing to find two, three, four hundred grand 
Yes, I understand there's compounding interest and all that in those accounts as well. But still, the amount of money that I would have to bring to the table out of my pocket with one of those vehicles versus like a rental where the tenant pays everything down. I was like, this is awesome. So kid number one, house number one. And then we drank that cool that like that remote rental number one, I guess. Then we drank the Kool-Aid and it was like, this is great. Let's keep going because having more properties will help diversify than kid number two. So we got a house for kid number two and so on and so forth. And that's really what got us uh, into high gear. And then, you know, we built enough kind of rental income that the flywheel started where they started funding the next one and then the next one. And that's kind of how we got started. I got to tell you how refreshing it is to hear someone even use the term 15 year mortgage. That is a real estate content creator because everyone is all about lever it up, lever it up, you know, maximum leverage. And there is a place for that. You know, I took maximum leverage earlier in my career, but I also took a bunch of 15 year loans and obviously mathematically it's not optimal, but what it does is it um, controls human behavior, you know, lifestyle creep, 15 year mortgages are like forced savings plan. So if you have a real goal, that's a tangible goal with a timeline, like a, a child going to college, 15 year mortgage is an amazing tool to automate the savings and make sure you get there. I'm just I couldn't say it any better. That's ex spot on exactly why we did it. Mm. For those reasons, forced savings mechanism. I mean, I'm not going to repeat it. You just said it all. It's <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing you were touching on was like, you bought the residence, but you were thinking about what it would rent for, even though you planned on living in it. And when I get young guys in the fraternity of excellence, that's what I always tell them. I'm like, you're buying your first house. You want to mitigate your risk. Think about worst case scenarios. Think about if you have to downside, you lose, lose your job, have to get an apartment. What would that house you're buying rent for? Could you, yeah. could you maintain it? Could you hold it over the long term? And then the true bonus is the owner occupied financing is the best loan you're ever going to get. Once you start 100%. owning a bunch of rentals, you're never going to get the same terms. So if you can take that owner occupied house and then turn it into a rental and keep the loan, you're making a lot of good moves, Nathan. Well, I was trying, trying, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out. So I uh, didn't even mention this, but you reside in California. Did you go straight from Europe to California? No, I went to grad school in New York. So I lived in New York for about 10 years um, after grad school, where it's, I guess, where my uh, most of like my technology endeavors started. You know, we started a company with a couple folks um, out of Harvard. Uh, we're very fortunate to build a successful company, have a successful exit in um, New York. So I stayed in New York for a bit. My wife and I stayed in New York for a bit. And then we had an opportunity through my uh, day job in technology to come out here and help out with the project out here on the West Coast. And we took that opportunity. And again, as part of that opportunity, we worked into our plans that um, the company that I was working for at the time would pay for our relocation from uh, New York to San Francisco. And the way that happened is they wanted to put us up in like corporate housing, which I respectfully declined and asked them to just give me the corporate housing money instead. And they were going to put us up for six months, I think, in corporate housing. And that six months we worth of corporate housing, we managed to stretch into, I think it was almost 20 months of rent for a place that we found on our own. So we essentially lived, you know, kind of quote rent free for almost two years, um, which just allowed us to save even more to get into that first, you know, uh, property of ours, essentially. Great takeaways for people who are, are full time employees and things you can do that are negotiable that you're not even sure of and then apply it to real estate. 
um, you went from an extremely expensive market to an extremely expensive market. <laughs> so you had to you had to find a solution to, to if you were interested in cash flow, um, it wasn't going to work in New York City or California. So what did you do? Uh, so, well, we did a couple things, actually. One of the things that um, we did for like uh, so the, this primary residence, the first one we bought was a condo um, here in San Francisco. Uh, when we bought it, we bought it on best terms, like you said, as owner occupants. Um, as we were starting to think about um, potentially, you know, moving out, upgrading, because we had, you know, one kid and the second on the way, we actually refinanced our condo uh, to get an even better loan product where we got um, a very long term, like uh, interest only loan. Uh, for the condo so we refinanced that that would have allowed us to actually own a piece of property that cash flowed uh in the bay area so that's what we did for that one um you know life happens so it turns out we never had to hold on to it as a rental covid started picking up you know the city san francisco the new yorks of the world right they the like the the renter basis and rents in general kind of dropped and plummeted you know with covid where people kind of exited to go out to the to the suburbs and whatnot so instead of uh, so we came to the realization that we would most likely not be able to rent it in cash flow so we didn't want to hold on to something that would um you know cost us money uh, every month to to hold on to hoping that things would turn around and this was early covid so we had no idea how long when you know when things might get back to normal and i think we're what, four years into this now almost, or three and change, and it, for San Francisco at least, rents are still not back to what they were pre-pandemic. So we pivoted and we just say, hey, before things go crazy, let's just try to sell this place. Um, and um, we basically cleaned it up, stayed in it. We worked with a great real estate agent that um, allowed us to kind of play the quote unquote coming soon card. So we just listed it as a coming soon property got a bunch of interest and actually managed to, to, you know, sell it, make some, you know, six figure, multiple six figure profit on that one after living in it for a year and a half, which all went back into our remote rentals. So we were pretty yeah. fortunate. A year and a half, it, the, it rings a bell like you're under the two years to get a no tax on the six figure profit. Uh, so uh, actually, so so sorry, good one. Actually, you caught me because we we the way it worked out, we were able to. I said a year and a half because we moved to our new place after uh, a year and a half, but we stretched it out so that when we sold, um, it we had owned it for you know more than the two years. So we did I not figured, pay any taxes on that. I figured you wouldn't let that one slip by. That's no. such a powerful tool. The, another oh, yeah. owner-occupied trick. You get to avoid the capital gains entirely if you live out two of the previous five years. Exactly. I've seen I've seen some really aggressive people move every two years just to take advantage yeah. of that. <laughs> it's something you can consider when you're young, right? And um the New York renters, they all came down here. I'm in Sarasota, Florida. They're all here. Yeah. <laughs> so our rent, yeah, our rents have remained robust. It's been crazy. But the other thing you mentioned, which I think is really cool, is we just talked about a fifteen year loan and you will just mention an interest only loan. So you don't have to be rigid in real estate. You can put no. all these different tools in your toolkit and then use them at the appropriate times. So well done That's on it. that. Yeah, exactly well, right. I so, would not, I don't, you know, I, I don't like necessarily the, the things that are like, I guess most people, things that are out of your control. So I don't want to put too much like interest rate risk on the things that we do. 
Um, but if it's a long enough like time horizon, it gives you the time to, to adjust, adapt and course correct. So like even this interest only loan, it was a 10 year product. Um, so it gives us 10 years to go through some form of the cycle or figure out how, you know, to, to pivot, you know, from the, the property, you know, rent it out, sell it, whatever it may be, uh, 15 years, the same thing. So as long as it's long enough, that keeps me in my like comfort zone, I guess, to not take on too much interest rate risk. Makes sense to me. Investing, you've, you've taken on properties in St. Louis. That's where you decided to so St. Louis is where we have the bulk of our portfolio. We also have a couple properties in um, Northwest Indiana. Very nice. And I was looking at the Undoor Properties website and the uh, the deck for investors. Mm -hmm. You're taking on private investors at this point. We do as well. It's not a primary focus of ours, but like many stories in real estate, you know, a lot of what Undoor Properties uh, turned into kind of happened organically because we started investing for ourselves and then it's your, you know, friends, family, coworkers, friends of friends, friends of, you know, coworkers, so on and so forth that get interested in what you do. And it's like, oh, how do you do this? How do you invest, you know, you know thousands of miles away? And um, how do you even buy rentals? How do you run the numbers and what happens? And then so that kind of turned into this like uh, educational aspect of Undoor, blog posting, coaching, things like that, as well as oftentimes we just came across people that are like, yep, yeah, I'm interested in diversifying, I'm interested in real estate, but I don't think I wanna own the asset myself. Could you put my money to work? And you know, the answer is typically yes. So we do do that sometimes, but it's not a, a primary focus of ours necessarily. Yeah, I was reading the deck and I was, uh, I was interested, do you ever, do like a partnership equity type deal or is it always a straight interest? Uh, which, whatever works it's so yeah, so that's a great question. It depends on the lender or the person. Everybody's different. Some want partnerships, you know, some want just like, here's the money, get me my double digit returns, uh, you know, for however long you agree to, it, it can become very creative, which is why I love the power of like, you know, private money essentially. And it's a great attitude to have when courting private money. Like, what are your objectives? I can help you meet them because I have the skill set of investing in real estate. So you bring that to them, and however, yeah, they I, I'd argue money. it should start with that. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not, we're not, you know, fishing for private money. It's like we're giving these people an opportunity to get their money to work. Right. Hundred percent. The best private money raisers are almost like I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We got too much. No, I can't right. take yours right now. Yeah. How is investing uh, long distance going as far as the property management and uh, finding tenants and whatnot? So um, good, I guess. Great. Right. I mean, it's um, when we got into this, right, I was not looking for another full time job. We already have one of those plus two young kids plus wanting to have a life of our own. Right. So we are just busy in general. So I wasn't looking to take on some more work necessarily. Uh, which is why we went with property management and the property management route and not like you know self-management or hybrid or whatever so in a sense um they really take care of absolutely everything for me right and i think a lot of the effort was uh put in when we started meaning finding the right property manager i mean we spent months interviewing property managers you know calling as prospect tenants calling as prospect landlords uh, so finding the right property manager and then working with them to set up kind of our our shop, right? How do we want to operate these rentals? And that goes from, 
you know, lease, right? What are requirements for, for tenant screening? What do we want to allow? What do we want to, you know, disallow? You know, um, what kind of maintenance we want to do? What kind of repairs? What kind of make ready? So all this stuff. And so we spent the time up front to do that. Um, and now that that's done, it's pretty hands off, right? I, you know, a lot of people call it passive income. It's not passive. I mean, there's work, you know, always, whether it be emails, quote, managing the property manager or whatever, but it's not a lot of work. Right. So it's mostly reviewing what they find, give me, send me, ask me, you know, they being the property manager. And then I just respond accordingly. You figured out a method that works for you and can fit into your life, family life and work life. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So shifting, shifting gears a little bit. When did you start the podcast and what made you want to become a content creator? So, um, the podcast now, so, um, I am a co-host of the general art of crushing it podcast. Um, we were trying to do something a little bit different where it is, uh, I think we're six different hosts, uh, with different, um, like areas of expertise or niches in just real estate or success or success mindset. Um, the podcast itself, I think, um, we, it's been around for about a year, but we really doubled down and got the group together, changed the format and kind of relaunched it in December. So what's that five months, something like that. Um, and the idea was to just provide um, a, a different type of podcast in the sense that one podcast, one show, but that covers different, you know, real estate niches. And um, that that's the, the why where this came from. Uh, personally, I've always been into podcasts. I mean, I've been consuming podcasts for my own education for 20 years or whatever. So it's been 20 years of, you know, in the back of my mind, oh, this is something I'd like to do one day. Um, you know, it's a skill set I don't have yet. I'd like to kind of, you know, build that, try that. Um, and that was my motivation. And then I think on top of that, um, I'm very fortunate to be with a, a solid group of very, you know, cool people, men and women high achievers. Um, so that's been fantastic. Just that, that kind of mastermind aspect of the, the co-host that we are to, that we are, sorry, together. And then selfishly for me, I got no problem saying this, but, um, it, I wanted to find a way to meet and talk to new, interesting, you know, high achiever, talented people. So it's like, what better way to try new scale podcasting, get to meet these fascinating people with fascinating stories and just kind of, you know, build a, build a network, build acquaintances, build, you know, friendships really. And that's where it came from. That's awesome. Yeah. It's doing a podcast just for a short time. I, I can't believe the benefits that have, you know, little to do with the actual podcast. Like I've never been a big networker, but I enjoy meeting people and I enjoy meeting high achievers yeah. and the conversation. It's just great. It's a wonderful thing. So Coming near the end, uh, I always wrap up by asking about like long-term goals. What uh, what do you see for the podcast and the real estate, and uh, what, what are you hoping to accomplish in the next ten years? That's a great question. I think in the next ten years, we'd like to be at a place where just our our whole life, um, you know, all of these different you know endeavors that we have, whether it be the podcast, the real estate investing, uh, the W twos, the restaurant that my wife works at to be in a place where they all complement each other enough that we've reached that that place of choice, right? Where we could kind of choose where we want to invest our, our time and money. Um, so that that's kind of the the ultimate goal. Um, you know, I don't 
like many people, you know, in real estate, as I'm sure you know, Jeff, right? It's like, here's my, you know, number of doors is a goal, right? Or number of, you know, income is a goal. Frankly, I don't have that, right? I'm not at a point where that's of import to me or my wife. It's more about we've built enough of a, a, a portfolio and bench that they fund the next deals, right? So we're very patient, acquiring one at a time. That's growing slowly. We're not looking to, we need to get to 700 doors by, you know, 2026. It's none of that. So that's just more organic growth, having it pay for itself when, you know, maintenance issues, CapEx stuff come up. Um, yeah, so I think that that's a lot of it. I mean, that's a great, not a great answer, but it's... I, I think it is a great answer. I mean, it's work-life balance and it's about doing something you enjoy. And, you know, when you try to force things like number of doors, that's when you really add risk and that's yeah. when you burn out. If you take what the market gives you, you know, you do pretty all right from what I see from long-term real estate investors. So, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Where can people find you online to learn more? So the easiest way is just go to my full name.com. So Nathan Murith.com, M-U-R-I-T-H. And then from there, it'll link to Undoor, to the podcast that I co-host and this other project that I'm working on called everyreitool.com, which is just a catalog of resources for real estate investors and professionals. So Nathan Murith.com. Excellent. All the information will be in the show notes. You know where to find me at Jeffrey Higgins, fraternityofexcellence.com. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Men's Victory Alliance. We need your help in spreading the light to other men who need it. Please leave a rating and review so we can grow and get the message out. Follow us on socials and YouTube. We are always working on providing value to the man who is looking to level up and win.